We've been looking at a series that came out of our purpose statement. And will you show that? Yeah, go ahead. Go back one, please. Um, this is our purpose statement. And again, you're going to hear this if you're a part of our church quite a bit. Um, I'm going to preach on this uh, quite a bit um, because I always want us to stay focused on our purpose. And I want us to say this together. You guys could do it without the screen, but I want us to say this one more time together. Let's say it together. Thousand Hills Ranch Church. and building authentic relationships. We've been looking at this idea of authentic relationships for the last nine weeks. And our definition for this, and I want to just kind of recap a few things and then we'll move on. The definition for an authentic relationship is this. Authentic relationships are intentional, real, trustworthy relationships that spur us on to be more like Christ. They're intentional, which is one of the big words that we used over this whole series. They're real, they're trustworthy, and they spur us on to be more like Christ. And it starts with this. It starts with an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't do any of this other stuff unless you have an authentic relationship with Jesus. Unless your relationship is intentional with Jesus, unless it's real with Jesus, unless it's trustworthy with Jesus, and unless... He spurs you on to be more like him, right? And so it starts with Jesus. Then it moves into the church. And we talked about how the, the church ought to be prevalent with authentic relationships. They ought to be who we are. When people walk in, they ought to see people that are real with each other, that are trustworthy with each other, that, that, that can trust in one another, that are friendly to one another, and that spur each other on to be more like Christ. Then it moves to the home right? And it should start in the home, really. I mean, it starts with Christ, but then it starts in the home. You should have an authentic marriage, and you need to have some authentic children. Children that are intentional, that are real, that are trustworthy, that, that, that you can spur on to be more like Christ. Well, here's the thing. We can have all of these authentic relationships as our foundation, and we should. But with Christ in the church and in the home, Here's the thing. Those can be our foundation, but these foundational relationships are not only to serve us, but they are to serve another purpose. And I want to share with you that purpose today. Um, anybody got, anybody's, uh, I know we got one cattle buyer. Wes is a cattle buyer. Anybody else a cattle buyer? Anybody? Yeah, I got one up here. I mean, some of you guys buy cattle, <laughs> right? But you're not a cattle buyer that you buy every day. Um, well, here's the thing. I, I, I know a term, and I, maybe you guys know the definition, and I'm going to make you feel stupid. I, I don't mean to feel, make you feel stupid. But there's a term called closed herd. Have you ever heard that term? I mean, if, you, if you've ever talked to a rancher, maybe this rancher has a closed herd. And what I mean by that, and let me explain that, a closed herd is this. It is, it is a herd where there is no breeding stock that are, that are come in from the outside, right? They, they don't come in from the outside. Uh, research shows that, that the number one culprit of disease in a, in a herd is the introduction of new cattle. Does that make sense? And so a closed herd is closed. They don't have any external exposure. And it reduces the idea of disease and the risk of disease in the herd. Now, let me say this. This is a great way to, to, to work a ranch. But it's not a great way to work the church. Let me explain it. I need eight volunteers. 
All right, guys, you guys come on. Yeah, eight. Well, that's one. That's four. How many else? Okay, Gary, come on. Yes, sweetie, right there. Kylie. I didn't call Kylie sweetie. I called that little girl sweetie. <laughs> the only sweetie I have is my wife. Huh? And my daughter. I got two sweeties. All right, so we got three, four, five, six, seven. We need one more person. Right here. We got them right here. All right. Now, I know not everybody can see because of the TVs, but I want you guys to get in a circle right here. Just circle up. All together in one big circle. <clears throat> That's like an octagon, but that'll work. <laughs> looks, looks like an egg. But uh, go, go ahead and get a little bit closer right there. Now, I want you to guys to hold hands. All right? Just join hands. This is awkward. Two guys holding hands. I know. But here's the thing. I, I, I want you to see something. Here's, here's our tendency when I told them to circle up, look what they did. They circled up, but they circled up facing inward, right? They, they circled up, and, and, and they're facing inward, and that's probably the most comfortable way to, to face. But here's the thing. In a church, a lot of times, this is what the church looks like. They're circled up. They're together. They're, they're holding hands. they got authentic relationships. But picture me as the lost guy. Look, look at what I'm seeing. I see a closed herd. Now listen, it, it, and, and I could try to break in, but you know, I mean, it might be kind of tight. I mean, I might be able to get in sometime, but I might have to pry them loose and kind of come in here and try to get in. But I can. It's not as easy because they're a closed herd. Now this is what the church tends to do. You know why? Because we get comfortable in our authentic relationships and we turn inward and we lose our sight on the world. Now let me show you what I believe the church ought to look like. I want you to just hold one of those person's hand and I want you to turn out. Just hold one of person's hand and turn out. Okay? Everybody got a hand? Who doesn't have a hand? Michael, you go with Gary. Grab, grab Michael's hand right there. There you go. Now, there we go. Now listen, this is what the church should look like, right? holding someone else's hand. Now I want you guys to reach the other hand out like this. Just reach your hand out like this. Just reach it out. You don't have to hold anybody else's hand. Just reach it out like this. This is what the church should look like. We should be able to hold hands in authentic relationship with one another, but we should have the other hand reaching into the world. Listen, we at Thousand Hills Ranch Church are not going to be a closed herd. It's not going to happen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <clears throat> Lord willing, we will never, ever become a closed herd. Um, and, and, and can I just say this? One of the tragedies is that the church becomes that closed herd. It just happens, and, and we don't mean for it to happen. A lot of times it just happens naturally because that's what happens. When we circle up, we face inward, and it just becomes about us. Listen, Lord willing, it will never be said about our church. Like Jesus, we are more concerned about seeing souls saved in the church or the unchurched churched and the unchurched getting saved than pleasing a bunch of religious people. That's just, our, that's just the way we are. And you say, well, I don't like that, but I mean, and, and I, don't, I don't really agree with that. I mean, it should be about the church. I mean, it should be about, can I just say this? We love you, but you can see yourself out. Because that's not what we're going to be about. 
You can go to 50 or 60 other churches and you can find all of that you want. But at this church, we are not going to be that closed herd. We are going to reach into the world. And you say, well, Bo, how can you be so bold? How can you say that? How can you tell people there's the door? It's because I'm tired of being a dying church. I want to be an alive church. I want to reach people. Listen, my boldness comes from a calling that God has placed on my life and a vision that he's given me as the pastor of this church. My boldness not only comes from my own calling, it comes from knowing Christ and knowing why he came to the earth and what he wanted out of us. He came so that he could seek and to save that which is lost. And that's what we're going to be about. So it's not just about us. It's about the world around us. And that's how we're going to reach them. Yes, give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> and you say, well, but what, you know, where's the scriptures show that? I mean, it, I mean really, I, I mean, I'm a Christian. I want to just hang out with Christians. Where does it say that we're supposed to reach out? Well, if you just open the Bible, you'll find it. But there's a scripture that I want to turn to really quick, and I want to look at it. Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Listen to what it says. It says, and Jesus is, is, is with his disciples, and listen to what it says. It says, once again, Jesus went out, went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was dining at Levi's house, many of the tax collectors and, quote, sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were the, uh, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the, quote, sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with the tax collectors and the sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Did you catch that? I mean, here's Jesus. He's walking alongside the lake, and he, and he invites this guy named Levi to go eat with him. And here's what I want you to get out of this scripture. The very last verse, it says, uh, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not healthy, uh, not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come for the righteous, but for sinners. Here's the first point that I want to make. Jesus Christ came for the sick. He came for the sick. He didn't come so that we could have a religious party and go from one religious clique to the next and to be, you know, one, you know, subculture of Christian people. He called for the he came for the sick. And he came and he called us to to invite them like he did. He invited them to eat with him. He actually went to Levi's house. Do you know who the most hated people were in Jesus' day? The tax collectors. You know why they were hated? Because they cheated people. They, they abused their authority. They would take people's last dollar. They were crooks. They were dishonest. And they were hated. They were hated. Levi, who was a tax collector, sitting at the booth, he, he, he was a tax collector and, and, and everybody hated him. But who did Jesus invite to go to dinner? Levi. You know why? He invited him because he wanted him to come to him. 
He wanted him to have a relationship with him. He got out of the herd and, and, and was willing to have an authentic relationship with a tax collector, which was a sinner. Later on, and if you, do, you may know this, but later on, Levi becomes who? Anybody? Matthew. You know what Matthew did? Matthew wrote the book of Matthew in the New Testament. Jesus Christ was willing he was authentic enough to invite a sinner to eat with him. He went to his house and he ate with him. And because of that, eternity has been changed for not only Levi, who became Matthew, but it's been changed for all of us. Because Jesus came for the sick and Jesus was a friend of sinners. Now again, I'm not a cattle buyer, but there are a couple ways, and I want to use this other example. There are a couple ways to buy cattle. First of all, you can come to the cell barn, right? That's where we're at. We're at the cell barn. The second way, and there may be obviously other ways, the second way that you can buy cattle is that you can go to a ranch, you can buy cattle directly off that ranch, and they go from that ranch to your ranch. Now, here's the thing. I love the cell barn. Uh, I love the smell of it. I don't like the flies, but I love the cell barn. Anybody with me? You guys just like coming to the cell barn. I mean, it's just fun. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but my family, we go to the cell barn on Fridays sometimes, and we'll sit and, and just watch the cattle sell. Um, my great uh, uncle used to own this very cell barn, uh, Merton Roberts, if you guys remember him. He owned this very cell barn. I love the cell barn. I love hanging out. I love everything about it. And, and here's the thing. It, it is a place to come, and you get to buy all kinds of cattle. Like, obviously, there are going to be the, the best cattle here. Woodward Livestock Auction is the third largest livestock auction in the business. You have Chicago, which breeds a bunch of dairy cows. They're the biggest. Then you have Oklahoma City. And then you have the Woodward Livestock Auction. But here's the thing. Um, the other side of that, you've got the cell barn cattle, but then you've got the ranch-to-ranch cattle. Again, you can go to a ranch, you can buy those cattle, and then you can bring them to your herd, which again, may be one of the best ways to do it because they don't have to co-mingle with the disease that goes with a cell barn. But here's my point. There are a lot of churches that do the church-to-church sheep buying. got sheep over here going to this church and then you got uh, the sheep just leave that you know that that ranch or that farm and then they just go to another church and they never commingle with the other diseased people just like them can i just proclaim to you that we are not going to be a ranch to ranch or a church to church church we are going to be a church that is in the business of going to the cell barn. You know why? Because sick cattle come through the cell barn. Hurt cattle come through the cell barn. People, you know, listen. You say, well, what's that all about? I mean, why not steer clear from that? Why not, be a, why not just stay away from the disease? We're not going to stay away from the, z, the disease. We are going to be in the cell barn business. You know why? Because those people need to be vaccinated with the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And that's who we're going to go after. <clears throat> Listen to Jesus. Jesus' prayer for his disciples, John 17, 15. Here's his prayer. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. He's talking to God, the Father. Not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. You know what Jesus is praying for his disciples? And by the way, if you know him, you're a disciple. You know what he's praying for them? Not that we would be taken out of the world, but that we would be in the world, but not of the world. 
That's what Jesus has called us to do. And you, again, you may say, well, why? Why would you expose yourselves to sin? Why not be this little Christian clique subculture that just pleases ourselves? Here's the thing. Jesus was in the cell barn business. He was in the cell barn business. So number one, Jesus came for the sick. And this is my last point. Number two, I want you to notice this. Jesus didn't do it alone. He didn't do it alone. Look at verse 15. It says, While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his what? And his disciples. For there were many who followed him. Listen, Jesus co-mingled with sinners, but he wasn't alone. Listen, we are not going to be a closed herd, but we have to be a close herd. We have to be a close herd. That means we have to have authentic relationships with each other. You know one of the first things you do when you go and buy cattle from a cell barn? Guess what you do? You take them home and you work them. You vaccinate them. You give them all the shots. You, you get all that disease out of them that could have been in them. And you vaccinate them. Listen, you, you got you to gotta realize this. We can't do this alone. And you say, well, what's the vaccinations look like for us? Here's the vaccinations in our lives. Here's what keeps us from falling into sin. You ready for this? It's an authentic relationship with God. It's, it's daily going to God and saying, God, make me immune to sin. Make me immune to the temptations that I face every day. It's daily Bible reading. It's praying. It's giving God all you've got so that you can be vaccinated before you ever go into the world. You know what the second part is that, that helps us be vaccinated? It's authentic relationships with each other. <laughs> authentic relationship with God and authentic relationships with other Christian people. That's what keeps us immune from the disease of sin. And here's the truth. Listen to this. No one is immune to sin. No one is immune to sin. And you say, well, I can do this alone. I can go out on my, own, on my own, I can witness to whoever, I can stand with whoever, I can stand the temptations. No, you can't. You can't do it alone. You've got to have God in your life, and you've got to have good Christian friends. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Galatians 6.1 says this, Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, in other words, if they're lost, or, or they're just a Christian that's fallen into sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself. Or you also may be tempted. Watch yourself. Listen, if we're going to co-mingle with the world, if we're going to be in the cell barn business, if we're not going to be a closed herd, we have to do it together. We have to walk together. Now, can I give you some practical ways to do this? And you guys always think, well, how do I do that? I mean, I get that question all the time. You, you preach that, but how do I do it? Can I give you some, uh, some examples of how to stay immune to sin? Let me give you some practical examples. If you struggle, listen, if you struggle with drinking too much, don't go to the bar. Some of you guys, oh, I want to witness at the bars. I want to I do, go there so that I can witness to those people that are getting drunk all the time. Listen, if you have a problem with drinking, you don't need to be in the bar. Here's some other things. If you have a problem with getting in the sack with every person that you date, you don't need to be dating. You say, well, I'm going to be missionary dating. I, 
I'm gonna, that person's not a Christian, but I'm going to date him and I'm going to bring him to Christ. That tears down your immune system and eventually you're going to fall into sin. If you flirt, listen, here's another practical way. If you flirt with adultery all the time and, and you, you think about that all the time, maybe you need to get off Facebook and stop talking to your old girlfriends. You say, but I'm going to be a witness on Facebook. I'm going to be a witness on this. And then God, and then the devil tempts you and you fall into sin. Listen, some of you guys can't handle some of this stuff. Some of you guys need to make a commitment to the Lord and actually allow him to strengthen you before you ever enter and back into the world. Some of you guys need to do that. Teenagers, listen, it's not a good witness a lot to go to a party and say you're going to be a witness. There's better ways. Now listen, some of you can. Some of you have grown up in the Lord and you're strong enough to be in the world right now. And you need to be in the world. Some of you, listen, some of you are in the world every day anyways. You know why? Because you have a job that puts you in the world. But here's my question to you. Those of you that have a job out in the world, listen, do you look at your job as a mission field or a burden? You look at the guy who's a jerk, the boss who's a jerk, or the girl who's a jerk that you work next to, you look at them as a burden, or do you look at them with a broken heart because they don't know Christ, and maybe their life is full of hell, and they need someone to show them Jesus Christ's love? Do you look at them that way? Do you go to work ready to go, God, give me the opportunity today to be a witness to the people that I get to hang out with? Is that the way you approach it? Listen, God has called us to be in the world, but not of the world. And so you need to figure out what you can handle and get out there and handle it. But if you can't handle it, get away from it and stay away from it. Um, one of the greatest things is this. The greatest friendship that we can have, uh, that we can give to others is not a friendship with us, but it's a friendship with God. And so here's my question, I'm, I'm done. Are you willing to go? Are, are you willing to go? I, 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 I say this with all the love that I have in my heart. If you don't go, I don't care. I'm going anyways. I need you. This church needs you. But you, if you don't want to go, get out of the way. Stop, listen, yes, get out of the gate. I've said it before. There's all kinds of people in the gate and they, hand, they get in the way of the gate and we can't get them to Christ because somebody's in the gate. It's time to get out of the gate and, and, and open the gate so that people can come to know Christ. And so I'm asking you to come with me. I'm asking you to take this ride with me so that we can see the unchurched Western culture around us come to know Jesus Christ personally. And I'm asking you to come. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Here's my question. Are you doing your part to make sure that this church doesn't become a closed herd? 
Do you have a firm foundation in Jesus Christ? Do you have an authentic relationship with him? Do you have an authentic relationship with other Christians in this, in this barn today? Have you been intentional in reaching out to other Christians to show yourself friendly so that you can have those authentic relationships? Maybe, maybe you are a Christian, but you're living in sin. And every time you're, you're in the world, you just give in to the temptation. You may need to take a step back and just work on strengthening your relationship with Christ. Maybe you're a Christian already, but your immune system is weak because your relationship with Christ isn't where it should be. And you're running maybe from, from, from your authentic friends. They're trying to tell you what you should do, but you're not listening. Maybe you need to, to firm up your, your immune system today by accepting Christ into your life for the first time so that you can fight sin through His strength and not on your own. The Bible teaches us in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So maybe that's you today. Maybe you can't fight sin. Maybe you can't be in the world because you get, you get sucked in because you don't have the strength that is only found in Christ. If that's you, listen. At Thousand Hills, we don't ask anybody to come to the front. We don't embarrass anybody. We've tore down that religious barrier. And here's all we ask you to do. You get between you and God and you say, God, I want a relationship with you. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I know I'm a sinner and I need to be forgiven. I need to be vaccinated from the sin of my past, the sin of my present. And I want you to come into my life. Listen, if you did that today or you want to do that and you have questions about that, all we ask you to do is to go to our guest table, fill out an orange sheet, place it in the offering bucket, and we will contact you. We will help you get vaccinated. We will help you come clean. And we will help you find that relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you have an authentic relationship with Christ, but you aren't reaching out to anybody else in this room. And you need to make a commitment today to say, I'm going to develop authentic relationships with other people so that I can go out into the world and not be alone. Maybe that's you. I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. With your head bowed and your eyes closed. And maybe this is just for me, but I'm going to do it anyways. If, if you, uh, and visitors, please just stay seated if you, if you don't want to stand up. But here's the thing. If you're going to say today, and you're going to make a commitment today, to say to God and to say to this church that I will go, and I will not be a part of a closed herd, Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to stand. If that's you and you say, Bo, I'm going to go with you. I'm not going to be a part of a closed herd. I'm going with you. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you can't do it, that's okay. If you're a guest, don't worry about it. 
Now listen, those of you that are standing, I want you to open your eyes. Just open your eyes, it's okay. I want you to look around. These are the people that have said that they will go. These are the people that have said that they will go with you and with me. And it's my prayer that you will look around and that you will develop some authentic relationships with these people so that you can be strong in the world. It's going to take all of us to build an arena. It's going to take all of us to reach unchurched people. I cannot do it alone. You cannot do it alone. We have to do it together. And in God, we can get it done. We can get it done. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for Jesus Christ who gave us the example of what it looks like to go into the world and to reach the lost. And Lord, today, as these that stand today have committed by standing today to say, I will go. I will do my best when the time comes to to take advantage of opportunities that you give me to reach an unchurched Western culture. I will not allow this church to be a closed herd. I will do my part to make sure that we are reaching the diseased and, and, and those that are down and those that are hurt and those that are, that are living in sin so that they can be forgiven. And so Lord, may you guide us and may you be glorified by the things that we do. Lord, I love this church and I pray your blessing upon it. It's in your holy name I pray, amen. Thank you, guys.